Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. Welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. It's Master Blywalker, Luke Bly. How are you, friend? Oi, oi, you're oi, 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 oi. We love it, Matty boy. We love it. I, I am well. How on earth are you, gangster? I've got a warm pint. So uh, on the <laughs> yeah, on, on, yeah, on the week on the week that the the pubs opened in the UK, I went out to get a beer ski for tonight's show. Uh, got it from the fridge from my local uh, convenience store. Went and left it downstairs in the porch for the last four or five hours, and now it's warm. But a beer is a beer. The sessions are the sessions. I am doing well. I've got a proper decent mic again this week. How are you? Oh, mate, I am good. Well, um, as soon as we jumped online, Matty Boy was like, I'm, I'm a right plonker. I left my beer in the hallway for three hours. I was like, oh, yep. well, mate. And, and then ju- Luke's sitting there reveling in booze. Well, basically, I brought in a, a cheeky beerio for the recording, as per usual. And um, my missus just barged in like, oi, 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 seven oi. And uh, no, she didn't say that. She's oh, like, she, yeah, oi, oi, geezer. And she gave me a cocktail. I have no idea what it is. She just went, here you go. I went, what, what is it? it went, oh, it's a cocktail. All oh, right. Thanks, Drink love. This. No, don't ask Shall any I, questions. Let me, let me try a little bit of it now. Go mm. on, I do like a cocktail. That's Matt. Strong. What is she putting? <laughs> I don't know what her ideas are. Right. Rem- everyone listening, remember this. This is this is clear-headed Ren. Yeah. Wait till we get to the end. Wait till we get to the, the Bantina. And then we'll be, be all right. We'll be all right. <laughs> we'll be all right. Oh, I'm glad uh, you're okay, um, mate. No, mate. It's been it's been a busy week and it's been a busy day, and we'll get into that shortly. <laughs> But it's like, this is such an exciting show. Our shows are always spicy and the spice train's always full. But this time it's like they've gone here, have a few more carriages and fill them with people because the spice train is up and coming. It's off. See that scud pie? Have a few more skanks. There we are. That's what we're doing this week. But we've actually got some good news. Speaking about throwing some, uh, some good stuff into the scud pie, we've got a couple of new patrons to shout out this week, mate. Yes, we do. A big shout out to our latest patrons, Ross Holliban and Stephen Ball, who have joined at the high ground tier. What a couple of sickheads. Welcome to the clan, gangsters. Yes, welcome. Enjoy all of our content we're putting out. We've got our solo shows are going to be dropping in the next 10 days. We've got a cheeky pubcast coming at the end of the month. Ross Holabond is an ice hockey fan like me, though I don't support his wretched team. Um, I do enjoy conversing with him. And, of course, at the end of this week, we've got our watch-along, haven't we, mate? We're going to sit down with our beautiful patrons 
and watched the best Star Wars film ever made. Oh, yeah. well, that's it. It, it. From a certain point of view. That's right. Um, yeah, that is right. Uh, this Sunday, the, what is it? It's the oh, um, 18th. 18th of April 2021, uh, Matt and I and all of our patrons um, are invited to come to a Zoom watch on. We're going to log on to Zoom and we're all going to watch Rogue One, a Star Wars story together yes. on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be great crack. Uh, Matty Boy, I can't wait. The last one we did was oh, absolutely incredible. We did that in January. It doesn't feel like January, but Feels we did that a long time. Well, if you haven't got Disney Plus, obviously just shove the DVD on or yeah, whatever Blu-ray, means you whatever. can find to watch it, of course. But it feels like a long time. Yeah, we had about we had over 20 people turn up, mostly tanked up with beer, pizza, um and again, if you come along, you can talk as much as you want. You don't have to say a word at all. Just come along and join in the fun. At least just 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 being there is part of the fun. So, um, yeah, come join us. All of the links, all of the details on our social channels, we'll give those links out of the end. But that's going to be a spicy one, mate. It was actually amazing last time. Like, there was a bit of debate. There was a bit of just bants and everything. And everyone, it was it was great. And it, it was the closest thing I've felt to a huge geek out. Like, yeah. In a while, because, you know, we're all locked up at the moment. But um, there we go, mate. I cannot wait for Sunday. Emily Bonner bringing those pink hair vibes again. So um, that is our latest patrons. Shout out to both of you. Thank you so much for joining. That is some great news. But in other news, I can hear the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi, which we know only means one thing, mate. I think it means, mate, boy. It's a Galactic News Road. New products revealed at the Hasbro Pulse fan event include Wedge Antilles Battle Sim Helmet, Anton Merrick's X-Wing, and Cosca Reeve's Black Series figures, amongst many more. During a Disney Parks press event, Disney revealed a working prototype for a real lightsaber that will likely end up for sale by the company sometime in the near future. And Jabba the Hutt has entered the hunt for Han Solo with a brand new one-shot comic coming in July 2021 as part of Marvel's massive Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event. This is Patrick Schneider, Senior Brand Manager for Hasbro Star Wars Fan Business. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions, possibly Britain's spiciest Star Wars show. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, this guy! This guy! I love, I love that promo. <laughs> Do you remember we met Patrick and um, Sam at MCM Comic Con, and we, I, they, I think they did quite get along with us to be honest mate boy and we were like yeah, we can you do we weren't a bunch of squares i think they quite liked us that, that's, that's right we're not adding anyone by the way um yeah, of course, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they were like we were like can you say this thing for us and they were compete patrick and sam were like competing over which best one we could do yeah, we got a couple didn't we yeah, yeah that's great oh, oh good mate. old good old patrick well we heard from him which we'll uh which we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, at some point in the next week or two. But um, yeah, definitely, bit of a change up this week for our uh, format. 
Yeah, so uh, this is where usually our main discussion would be, and our main discussion is coming, but we've kind of got a first main discussion. It is very small, though, and it's very spicy. Matty boy, what on earth has happened on the internet in the last, say, 24-ish hours of the last weekend or so? What's come on the internet? Well, uh, on on social media via a friend of the show, Bespin Bulletin, he dropped that uh, some Andor set photos, leaked photos of the Andor set. Now, we've seen over the last few weeks that, you know, things are starting to come out about Andor. Nothing major, you know, the fact that they're building these sets. Uh, but we've got our first real look at it via Bespin Bulletin's um, socials, at Bespin Bulletin on Instagram and Twitter. And it showed that in, in Canary Wharf, in London's Canary Wharf, just down by the city, that they were filming, you know, scenes for the upcoming series. No context, but we saw some. Uh, do we say anything in case of spoilers? Of like, um, what, what, what people were there? Uh, yeah. so, so we saw we saw some officers. We'll say that again. They're, they're, no it's name officers. They're, yeah. they're, they're, okay. So, do you want me to start story time? I want Luke to start story time. Story time. Story time with Luke Blywalker. A wild Luke Blywalker. Um, Right. Okay, mate. So we saw all that info, the the stuff that you were talking about, best been put up. The original information comes from a guy called at David in the force without an E. uh, David in the force one um on twitter and he's saying that uh one of his friends i think david is over in ireland actually in the republic of ireland and um he's like oh one of my friends is uh watching star wars being filmed in london right now so he's getting this image secondhand we can confirm that that um that uh, shoot was being done on the weekend of the 10th and the 11th. So this is real recent. This is a couple of days ago as of uh, when you guys are listening to this, probably. Uh, if you're listening in the far future, then hey. you're probably going to look back at this and go, what wrong mugs they are. But stay yeah. around because this is going to be, this is going to be fun. Matty boy, I saw that stuff and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go up to London tomorrow. I'm going to go up to Canary Wharf and I'm going to have a butcher to myself to see what on earth is going on. So, Matty boy, I did exactly that. I uh, I woke up this morning, got my coffee ready, and I hopped on the train. And, Matty boy, I'm about half an hour from Canary Wharf. We're, we're right on the doorstep, aren't we? We was- are. I, mean, I would have loved to have joined Lukey Boy, but commitments meant I couldn't, which is a shame because any excuse to hang around Marine is what i'm after but it was kind of make it this is uh it was so this is i couldn't make it just for context so lukey boy ventured out in the snow and the cold today yeah (laughs) yeah literally so i i uh took my camera and my equipment in because i I do lots of um photography anyway and i I shoved that in my backpack and i thought you know what let's go do this and um i knew the spot as soon as i saw the image leak um I knew the exact spot because that spot is actually quite popular with a lot of photographers. Um, so I went there and it's actually the specific place is actually the new uh, Canary Wharf Crossrail station. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a new kind of like metro line they're building across London. And um, so I went there. Matty boy, nothing. Zilch. Yep. I got and a message I, saying there's nothing here. Nothing no, here. Nothing. You would never, you would never think that there was a Star Wars production there only a few hours ago. And at this point, I didn't know if it was only a few hours ago. It could have been weeks ago. Um, so we didn't know. Now I went and had a coffee 
had a little snack, a pan au chocolat. You know, I love them. Nice. And uh, I thought to myself, hey, listen, right? Let me try and get something out of this. And I was walking around. I was actually just taking architectural photography at the time. Love and I building. saw I saw a Canary Wharf worker um, coming down an escalator. And he was on his own. We were, we were just in, on our own in this area. And I said, mate, do you mind if I ask you a question? And he goes, yeah, go on, mate. And I go, listen, um, do you, we, 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 were you working here yesterday? He goes, no, 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 no one was working here yet. So a lot of the team weren't working here yet. So there was probably one guy. Um, I can't describe who they are or their names for obvious reasons, right? Um, And I go, all right, mate. Well, uh, anyway, we get talking and I say, listen, I know there was a production here yesterday. They were filming Star Wars. And he goes, well, I I didn't know it was Star Wars, but I knew there was a production going on. And we go, okay, we, we carry on talking. He gives me some other information. Now, we start walking to a different area, okay, of, of Canary Wharf. And Canary Wharf is quite a big district, right? Yeah. So anyway, we're walking to this place, and he's, we're, we're getting along. We're just talking about life stuff, yeah? I'm just getting along with this guy. We bump into another guy, and he goes, oh, hang on. He might know something about it, this, this person, yeah? We'll call him, we'll call him Jeff, yeah? yeah? Now, Jeff knows a little bit more about what is going down about this production. And our other matey goes, oh, Jeff, did you know about this production? He goes, yeah, 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 it was Star Wars, wasn't it? And he goes, yeah, that's what this bloke is telling me, that bloke being myself. And um, he goes, yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were filming Kenobi or something, weren't they? And I go, uh, well, <coughs> sir, um, Actually. I don't think – now I've got to take it with a grain of salt because I, and I do approach you. I, go, I don't think it was Kenobi because that's all being done in Los Angeles and California. I think it's Andor. And he goes, ah, oh, well, whatever it was, I, it, it, it goes under this name. And I can't say – well, is the name public? the project yeah. name it's it's public pretty much uh yeah because we mentioned it on the show before All right. well he he goes well whatever it was it's the production name pilgrim mm-hmm. right pilgrim so that's i'm like right okay and and that is actually andor so you know we're right it's and definitely andor now what's interesting is we're, we're, a lot of us have probably seen that image by now and you're wondering well what are you getting to mate now i spoke to this guy jeff and Jeff was speaking to one of his good friends uh, that morning. That's how he knew that Star Wars was there. Jeff wasn't on site the day before. Jeff was speaking to his mate who works at Canary Wharf Group, um, who was there on the Sunday. Now, with talking to Jeff, I'm getting now like third-hand information, yeah? So it's not just second-hand. It's not just stuff. It's third-hand, pretty much. And I managed to speak to a few other people around the site. I can't say anything more than that. And I came to, I got this information basically, Matty Boy. Uh, First one is that they're using a few locations on, um, uh, by the way, mild spoilers. Mild, very mild. If I were you, I'd just listen because it's not that crazy. And I'll tell you when we get into the crazy one. I'm going to save it till last. Um, three, there's going to be three to four locations actually being used or, or filmed in Canary Wharf. Uh, so a, a few of those are in the Crossrail station themselves. Um, and, and which is a huge complex. It's a very long, modern looking complex, as is a lot of modern architecture in London. It looks like super futuristic. So it passes as Star Wars. Um, another one was maybe the Winter Gardens. 
Now, the yep. Winter Gardens is like a small um, park in, in Canary Wharf. So it's that area, and there's like an underground entrance there. The actual underground that is um, the entrance to the underground station that is filmed in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, not a coincidence, I don't think. Um, there's some other stuff. So they're using – there is basically Crossrail, what I mentioned earlier, the line – isn't in use at the moment. It is being built, the metro, further on in the city, right? And there is a huge amount of space in this crossrail place in Canary Wharf where Andor has been using um, as a canteen to house a lot of staff and a lot of people. So this just – I got that as um, – that, that suggests that actually that's quite a lot of people on set. And then it could be for multiple shoots, not just one shoot. So I thought that was interesting. The guys definitely got there on Saturday to set up and to film on Sunday. I don't think that's super unusual. Um, and the coffee places were open and uh, staff were serving uh, the actors and the people on set. And they were explicitly told on the Saturday, so the day before filming, not to take photos or to ask questions about the production. But of course, my boy, loose lips sink starships. Yeah, that's, that's right. it sink starships um right so we know that imperial officers were present okay um i've heard again don't take any of this as gospel because i didn't see any of this in person i'm hearing this from other people okay uh imperial officers they were both male and female imperial officers and here's the big one mate boy is that jeff jeff's mate was describing someone who was in black attire. And he described it as, and he is telling me this third hand, right? He described it as ninja-like with loads of detail and on all in black, but he weren't that Darth Vader fella. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. that Vader. He wasn't that raspy geezer. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't Darth Vader. Oh, oh, yeah, he's not like Darth Maul. Or he go, no, 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 nothing like that. Now, what he was describing to me as a Star Wars geek mm-hmm. sounded like two things. Or, yeah, it, to me, if you narrow it down, it sounded like two things. It could either, either be an ISB agent, a think Agent Callus in Rebels, <sighs> or... Yeah. Now, this is the bit, a bit of the crazy one, because he was talking about like all the, this detail and... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, uh, an Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. It sounded yep. to me, and that's what I thought. I'm just adding in ISB agents to be a bit more conservative. Sounded to me like the bloke was t- describing basically an Inquisitor. Yep. The ISB agent, I mean, most of those wear white anyway. Callus was, um, Callus, was, Callus, he wore grey and black in Rebels, I know, but um, also their, their uh, uniforms, their garments, their attire, their garb wasn't, wasn't over, overly stylish do you know what i mean right, it wasn't too right. many details on it certainly wasn't ninja like it's weird isn't it mm-hmm. it is weird and i, I think well, jeff might be getting a little visit in the next few days who, i was like who could that be <laughs> and it was the first thing i thought of was it was like um, he was describing it as like a mix between armor and a nin- ninja and the guys t- again he's telling him it's a friend of his right and he's telling me this information from a quick conversation he was talking to his mate about so it's funny how this has all unfolded um and it's um and you, I, you said the guy didn't have the, this 
actor didn't have a mask on did they so no no mask as soon as you told like me that, that i was like guy. right as soon as you told me i'm thinking right he's a death trooper but if the guy's on set milling about working without a mask on he probably isn't i mean a death trooper would make sense but they'd also have their helmets on and let me tell you something like we were having this conversation like we we're all we were mates yeah because by this point we, i was walking with person a the first person for a while and we were just chatting and it, it was actually very normal and we were chatting for a while just loads of which about like uh, we were talking about like oh yeah like batman was filmed down the road we were just talking about films in general and this was very no i didn't mean to get this information it was at the tail end of the conversation that i managed to just bring it back to cassian uh, and or again and he was like well yeah i was describing this so or his mate was describing this blah 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 so that's where it came from so you know this could be matty boy that we're seeing an inquisitor in andor on disney plus it's the time of the season in terms of the timeline that uh, there would be Inquisitorious running about because Andor is set oh, five years before Rogue One. We know that there are rebel, um, Inquisitors in Rebels, which was set um, essentially four years before Rogue One. So we know that they're out there. And from everything that old Jeff has been saying, I mean, you know, or yeah, has been passed weak. on, sorry. Yep. Oh, Jeff has been passed on. That isn't his real name again, just to just to confirm. Yeah, then it sounds like it's, I mean, it, 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 we, we saw pictures of ISB or, or Imperial officers who were wearing the, you know, standard like cotton garbs. You, you would never describe him as ninja or particularly right. well, detailed. That's, so. what, that's what got me a little bit. Because I was like, who is that then? Because that's not, like, the guys obviously knew enough about, star wars to say like, i showed them the photo that was on twitter like the 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 um imperials right and they were like oh yeah everyone knows what they look like now yeah. to describe something like that like a ninja with with like armor and stuff and like a uh, and and other things that yeah it's just yeah. to me it screamed inquisitor um oh. Well, unless unless it is something completely different. It's just funny that that was something that stood out to this person who saw that, yeah, and not much else. Because there's, there's a lot of extras in Star Wars too, but um, yeah. there we go, well, mate. There we it, go. It, it, of, of course, the other option is it could be a brand new character created for the show, but in from what we know about Star Wars, the timeline and the, the description from Jeff and his buddy, yeah. you know, it's... Again, nothing's odd, so we're not coming here presenting this as absolute fact. This is what it is. But based on a a decent estimate, it kind of looks that way. But again, if it isn't, it isn't. But it kind of sounds that way. If if it isn't, it isn't. We're, we're going to have a look for Jeff and we'll sort him out. We'll, we'll go. And this is the thing is that it it was done in a very relaxed environment. Like you could see the guys were almost getting ready for lunch. Yeah. And... I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like it kind of slipped out and well, we were just talking. Well, Luke hasn't gone up there and said, oh, by the way, I'll, I'll do a Star Wars podcast. If you've right. got anything you can give me that I can right. put out to our listeners. So it wasn't that kind of chat. I know that. So it wasn't, you, these guys weren't like, well, let's, let's, let's throw this guy a couple of bones for a laugh. Nah, it wasn't that kind of like that. thing. Yeah. And that's not really our thing. That's not really our scene either. It's just like, no, so we- there we go. So ni- nice bit of news, Matty boy. Yeah, interested to hear it. So watch this space, Jeff. We're coming back for you in the next week. I love to move fast and speed of any kind. I think that that's because 
I grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot, and every day I would wake up and go outside and look up and see my father and his squadron taking off and their F-4s roaring across the sky, and it was the most thrilling thing still I've experienced in my entire life. So when he lost his life in service to this country, I, it ignited a desire to, in me to turn all of that tragedy and thrill into one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. But try as I might and look as I did, I couldn't find the right story ever. I kept looking and looking, but I just couldn't find the right one until now. Now I found a movie about two things I love. So I'm going to see you very soon. Well, we know Andor's coming. We also know, as you've just heard, that Patty Jenkins herself, she is directing the next theatrical release in the Star Wars universe, which is, of course, Rogue Squadron, which is going to make up the rest of our main discussion this week. And we thought we'd just have a fun little theories and speculation episode because... We've, we've mentioned Rogue Squadron a few times and we've kind of thought, well, I wonder where it's going to sit in the timeline. What could it mean if it's here or there? And, but we never really dove into it. So we thought it'd be fun just to kind of have a bit of fun. Again, we don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. We don't, we don't even know who's writing this. That still hasn't been announced. But it's still not going to stop us from having a little discussion about the ramifications of what if it's here, what if it's there, what could happen, what do we want it to be about. So, um, Lukey Boy... We've just heard Patty Jenkins um, talking there about uh, her experiences uh, with wanting to make this film. Of course, her father, she was born on a military base and her father was a fighter pilot. So she's coming in from that angle and it's a personal project for her. So Patty Jenkins is, is in and she's excited. When you saw this, this was released at the Disney uh, Investors Day. What were your initial reactions then to this that announcement? but also just the announcement that we're getting a Rogue Squadron film. I'll level with you, Matty Boy. I thought that this was one of my favourite things to come out of the Investor Day. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll level with you, mate. I think it's really unique. And the reason I say that is because to open up with Patty's message, you know what we've just heard, Patty Jenkins... I I respect it so much. You know, it, there's so much emotion there. Obviously, there's feelings, um, you know, very, very raw feelings coming out about her father. And I think that is such an incredible place for a story to come from, you know, in a person. And it's got me excited. Now, the reason I'm really excited for this is really just because of that video, because on paper, this is a project that I'm really surprised exists. This is a project where I'm like, how was this signed off? You know, if I'm being completely honest, when I take into consideration this video that they released with Patty describing, you know, why, why she's doing this film, it, I, I, I'm, all, I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in. And if it's set during a really interesting uh, time period, which we'll come back to, I'm sure, um, I think actually there's even more reason to be excited. Matty Boy, Rogue Squadron, it's a funny one. Mm. What What do you think, Mabel? I want to know your opinion on something before we, we go further. Sure. What do you think of the name? It's an interesting choice for a name because right. Rogue Squadron isn't exactly new in Star Wars, it's it, obviously it's, it's huge 
in the Legends continuity. Of course, it's it, it was it's been in canon since the Empire Strikes Back. The Rogue Squadron were at the Battle of Hoth, yeah. um, and then the, the Legends eventually took it and ran with it and made it into something that was that is still beloved by fans. It's where it's why Wedge Antilles is such a beloved character within the fandom is mainly because of those story, stories with Rogue Squadron. So I found it interesting that they thought we'll, we'll go with this. Um, Patty has said that her, her exact words are, we're doing something original with great influence from the games and the books. There's a lot of things being acknowledged and understood about the greatness of all those things. But yes, it's an original story and I'm so psyched to do it. So do it. So when we, so it's, it's an interesting choice to call it Rogue Squadron. I get why they've done it because it's a recognizable name and it's something for people to get excited about. And also if they'd called it something like, I don't know, Alpha Squadron, mm. people would be saying, well, why don't, why don't they call it Rogue Squadron? Why are they ignoring Rogue, Rogue Squadron still? So you've, you kind of um, screwed either way, but um, yeah, I was I was excited by the prospect of this. This was pre Wonder Woman eighty four, which I know didn't go down too well with a lot of fans. Patty Jenkins and, and we know that Lucasfilm and the higher ups want to shake things up with who they get to direct films, which I'm all for as well. Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, good film, Monster, very good film, Academy Award winning film for Charlize Theron. She wrote that, and that was acclaimed. She she didn't write Wonder Woman, but that was an acclaimed film which she directed. She did write eighty four, and look. That was, a, for me and a lot of other people, 1984 was a bit weak, was a bit naff. In fact, I think it was very naff. But to then say, whoa, I'm, I, I'm not worried about Patty Jenkins taking the helm for Rogue Squadron just because she had a bit of a ropey one with 1984. Right. Uh, anyone can name me a director who hasn't had a bit of a ropey film, any any director. Oh, Every, right. Everyone's had one, you know, so I'm not at all worried by it. Good luck. Colin Trevor apparently got sacked for doing a NAF film and, you know, Patty's still there. So I hardly doubt it's got anyone's worried about anything like that. But no, I, I'm, I'm excited by the prospect of it. Um, I'm also excited by the fact that she says it's an original concept, but they are going to, you know, have a couple of weak, cheeky winks and nods to what came before. But um, what's your uh, level of like Rogue Squadron knowledge? Are you up on it at all? moderately mate moderately we've you know what well, just going back on the name you know i i i like the because at, at first i thought hang on rogue squadron we've just had like a few years ago rogue one mm-hmm. well, well yeah, at yeah. the time i was like well, we've just had rogue one well the truth is we haven't just had rogue one you know by the time this comes out it would it have been like, yeah. best part of a decade since rogue mm-hmm. one uh had, had been released in cinemas i think as well they're probably looking at the spin-off films because this is a spin-off film this is a star wars story don't know alone as far as we know it's a standalone film we don't know if it's going to be branded as such but yes. nevertheless i think they're looking at rogue one uh, compared to Solo and saying, well, Rogue One did a lot better. If there, if there is that word association, Rogue Squadron, people might think, oh, wow, it's it's going to be like Rogue One, I suppose. It's it's a standalone Star Wars story. You know, I don't know. I think it's it, it's a marketing move in that regard. Um, now, in, in regards to the actual film, I believe, uh, and I, I can't for the life of me find this uh, confirmed on the internet anywhere. You may uh, know, matey boy, um, but I'm pretty sure this is set post Rise of Skywalker, right? I've got the I've got the description. It's, it's not again. It's not confirmed, but the, the um, I know where you're getting at because of the way it's worded. The um, the official Disney line is 
Uh, the story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill-ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. So that's right. the Disney line. Right, yeah. And also when you look at the X-Wing, it's a modern era X-Wing as well, isn't it? The one on the actual logo. Uh, I Possibly. I know that the one in the... Yeah promo trailer was the old school one so it is yeah the one in the promo is an old school one but the one on the logo is definitely a modern uh sequel sort yourselves out it was film yeah i but i think you know the um i I wouldn't take the x-wing from the uh like little trailer thing as gospel i would take the logo Mm x-wing more as 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 like a canon indication uh because those it call a spade a spade um that those x-wings didn't exist in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. they existed in the sequel trilogy era and and obviously post sequel trilogy era so um yeah and just by that wording it it, it shouts yeah this is post rise of skywalker very excited for this matty boy because now we have a few projects that could be leading into something and maybe our um our beloved Disney Plus shows, you know, the uh, Filoni Favreau ones. I'm convinced The Mandalorian is uh, taking us into sequel trilogy uh, territory. You never know. Something might, you know, be thrown in for Rogue Squadron, which would be very cool. You'd imagine it would come in the Rangers of the New Republic series. I know that's going to have the big crossover, but... Obviously, we're all assuming that's going to be focused more on the star pilots side of things. So you'd think potentially that would um, harbour any kind of hints yeah. or clues. Because um, yeah, the wording on that is very it's very clever because on one hand, the future era, future, that, you know, that only means one thing. Yeah, we're going forward in time. When when this was written, the future era, it could also, to play devil's advocate, it could also mean, you know, just the next era. Like yeah. the High Republic, when when that was being uh, created, that was a that was the future era for them. It's a new right. era, and it was the future era in terms of literal in world. You know that's coming in future for Star Wars. So there's that as well. So there, there's pros and cons on both, or positives and negatives on both sides here for me about the post Rise of Skywalker. And um, let's get into the timeline. I don't mind if it's set post Tross. In fact, I'm quite excited for where they go post Tross, but my, the big concern is Disney, whatever they do, po- sorry, Lucasfilm, not Disney, post-Tross, the, the first thing has got to smash it because this is now them creating their own cinematic era now. We've had everything that, even though they had 7, 8, and 9, that was still piggybacking off of the, you know, the Lucas era, if you will. Whatever comes after Tross, this is them saying, right, this is Star Wars going forward. If it doesn't go well... I, you know, it doesn't bear thinking about, you know, it, it, Star Wars may just become another generic block summer blockbuster. If it's just, you know, I know, let's just let's do what's flavor of the month. Yeah. Or there's also the fact is, you know, what what are they going to establish post tross? Mm. What you know, the, the first order are gone. What are they going to do? Just have, have a new well, order rise? You, you you know that my desire is that we see little baby Grogs drop baby Grogs with a Ray Skywalker and Daddy Mando is just <laughs> on his rocking chair watching Grogu like, like learning how to use the lightsaber. I'm like, yeah, 
that's it. That is cowboy into the sunset moment. Yeah. Proud father. I mean, that's, yeah. that's my fear. I mean, post-tross for me, what I would, if they're, if they're going to do it post-tross and I, I have more reservations about them doing it, not because I don't want them to, I'm, I'm gagging to see some post-tross stuff now. Where, where do we go from here? But they've got to get it right. So for me, if they go post-tross, the only way they can do it safely in my eyes, this isn't gospel, but in my eyes is Rogue Squadron, are out to clear up the galaxy of the remnants of the First Order. So we, we saw the Battle of Exegol, but we'd led to believe that, as per the Empire after Jedi, they're all gone. I, I'd like to see, like, set within the the two years after Rise of Skywalker, maybe, Rogue Squadron are tasked with taking out, like, First Order remnant strongholds. You know, they, they refuse to give up power in certain parts of the galaxy. They've got to, therefore, we're not getting a new villain. We're not getting a new empire. And, we, and we've got a reason for these guys to exist. Hell, Dennis Lawson, get Dennis Lawson back to mentor them. He came back for the Rise of Skywalker for a 0.2 second cameo. Nice flying, Lando. Yeah. Get him back to mentor <laughs> yeah. those guys. So that, yeah. if it is yeah. post... For me, that's how I'd like to see it work because I think it's, look, I want them to take risks, but it's safe to start with because otherwise they've got to establish a new, well, they've just established a new, the first order uh, six years ago with The Force Awakens. And now they'd have to establish a new threat. I, I think that's quite a lot to bite off. But if it's post trust then what do you think in for like a story? What, you know, where are we going with the old rogues? Mm. Well, it, it could be a few different things, right? It could be that they're they're sweeping, they're tidying up the galaxy from the First Order, the mm-hmm. remnants of the First Order. To me, that seems almost like the most obvious mm-hmm. one. Uh, it's, it's safe. Say again? It's safe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's safe, safe blood. Safe blood. So safe. So good. But I, I would vote for that just for... You know, just to start us off. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts, though, man, as ever. Well, well, it could be something else. It could be just like pirates or something. Do you know what I mean? It could be, it could be something just completely different. And, you know, um, with our Resistance uh, rewatch that I'm gradually and painstakingly going through. Um, <laughs> what? Hey, He um, loves it. He what? loves it. Uh, Resistance yeah. revisited. Coming in, a, coming in a few months. Coming, coming August 2023. <laughs> <laughs> months before uh rogue squadron comes out actually <laughs> yeah. um no uh I, it could be something like that but watching that series actually one of the cool things about that is that it does incorporate like kind of pirates and scoundrels into into the story and i think that's quite cool because you know that the, the bad guys aren't just the imperial and they're not just people who believe in the empire you know there are plenty more bad guys in the galaxies than, than just that right so it, i think we've got a few different options here but i can't help but but think of that kind of like sweeping uh you know tidying up the galaxy for the new new republic <laughs> yeah the new 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 well here's a question as well then if it's set post tross we've only ever seen x-wing uh squadrons be nothing more than like a ragtag bunch of um, you know, great pilots, but they have to basically patch their their ships up from like tin foil. If it's after Tross, do you think Rogue Squadron will receive funding? It's a really stupid question, but do you think the New Republic mm. will actually say, right, let's give you some decent X Wings now, let's make you an actual unit rather than just being, you know, this 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 patched up ragtag troop? Because we've never seen that before. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I suppose the 
Yeah, no, it is a good point. I suppose the closest thing we've had to that is the um, is the almost like the prototype X wings, the Ark uh, um, ships from Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. I suppose that's probably the closest thing. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah, I think you're right. That so we could see very shiny. Uh, well painted X wings as opposed yeah. to the usual chipped away. Saying that, yeah, I don't know. That would be cool because I would love to see a new spin on it. You know, like an upgraded X wing, a looked after, polished X wing as opposed the new Republic to Republic are in charge now, so they're gonna. Here's, here's some here's some new wings. Let, let's fly around with some pride or something. Pilots obviously want to pl- fly a battered machine because it shows mileage. But do you know what? Tell a lie. Tell a lie. You know what? We we have seen it in the Mandalorian. Although it's it's so close to the re- Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's so many years after. Again, if we use that classic World War Two analogy, you know, a few years after World War Two, everyone is still pretty much using World War Two era yeah, weapons, right? Stuff, so, yeah. yeah, but they've got. Um, I suppose, like one of my favourite small things from the Mandalorian is seeing the guy in the prison ship um, like just yeah. just controlling everything, and he has New Republic. Um, you know, like emblems on his on his arms, and yeah, that's right. And the uniform is a lot more polished, a lot more tidy. And we know from the behind the scenes stuff that that was a conscious effort. So yeah, dude, I I think that's a great point what you've said, and I'd love to see some more polished, uniformed new 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 Republic new new (laughs) X wings. Yeah, wait, yeah, no, I'd love to see it. Oh, there he goes with his uh, cocktail. Completed or is that another it. one you got? Completed it, it, cocktail. <laughs> Completed yeah. it, mate. Yeah, that geezer is uh, Matt Lanter with his uh, shiny accoutrement of inclusivity of um, his emblems and all that. Uh, okay, right. If it's not set post-trossing, right. for me, the only other options are between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back because we know that Rogue Squadron were present at the Battle of Hoth and then a lot of them got destroyed, or post-Return of the Jedi because... Yeah, Wedge Antilles. I think this is more. This is more legends, but uh, no, it's not. Um, Wedge reformed Red Squadron for the Battle of Endor, and then went back to Rogue Squadron after the Battle of Endor. So, Rogue Squadron were uh, active primarily between four and five, and post Jedi. Mm. So they're the only, really, for me, the only two options where it could be set. If it wasn't post Tross. Which of those two would you prefer? And could you see there being a, knowing that we know what happens, is there a good story to tell there? Oh, going back to the well. Oh, no. (laughs) Not good. Confusing. Well, I, I, I suppose, I suppose just for making things really neat and tidy. Yeah. Yep. It really does bug me that there is a Rogue One and a Solo, but there's not a third standalone <laughs> film in a franchise that works in threes. After all, my boy, three is the magic, magic number. number. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, maybe this could be the third standalone that is set during the original trilogy era. So you've got Solo, Rogue One. and then So in that case, it, it might make sense if this is set during that time. Um, but I'm not sure about – yeah, maybe. Did you say the first one between A New Hope and Empire? Uh, yes, four and five, yeah. That's a good, that's a good 
time to do it and as well maybe between empire and return of the jedi you know kind of the basically the rebellion fighting the empire in whatever capacity uh they they can because at that point they are a full-blown rebellion on the lead up to a new hope as, as as we know really they're not quite a rebellion they're kind of a rebellion but you know they're in a position where they can easily be completely wiped out uh, and as we see during the democratic process on um, Yavin 4, that it's not, you know, quite functioning how it should. You know, there's not quite enough bravery. But obviously, Rogue One turns that all around. And before you know it, everyone's got a common purpose and they're all smashing it. Can't wait for the watch along on Sunday. Yep. What is she proposing? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Gullet! <laughs> <laughs> anyway carry on sorry <laughs> no that's it i want a bore gullet film forget it forget rogue <laughs> squadron bore gullet yeah get rid of it saw guerrera and bore gullet yeah. a love story gullet and guerrera <laughs> traveling around the galaxy yeah yeah that's the dream but oh, uh, uh what, i mean squadron. <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's the, the only thing is it is like you said it is called rogue squadron which is of course from the original trilogy but, yes, but you know you can, yeah. But they were they were active after the after Return of the Jedi. That's been established as well. Um, so right. Rogue Squad because they were in Star. We only played it a few times, but in Star Wars Squadrons, uh, I think it's Hera says, you know, I've sent uh, Rogue Squadron off on a secret mission. In what? So they were uh, that you know that game um, Squad Wars Star Rooms or whatever it's called <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, he's having a beer to erase the memory. Oh, I need to, I'm going to play that game again soon. Don't know what ga- Do you know what, mate? Uh, can I be completely honest with you? You've deleted, haven't you? I, d- I uninstalled it from my PlayStation. So but it's still <laughs> in my library. I the space. Uh, on the same here. <laughs> I, you know, I will always keep it, but I was like, bro, yeah, like a game needs that. to go. A game needs to go, and it's not going to be Minecraft, and it's not going to be City Skylines, my little That's city it. building game. You know, playing Uncharted at the moment. Quality. Nice. Quality. Nice. Well, squadrons, t- squadrons uh, took the hit. It's also take- taken a hit on mine. I need some space as well. But they're, they're mentioned in squadrons, um, and they've only been in canon a little bit. Obviously, the Empire Strikes Back in squadrons. Um, we know that, or in in the new canon, Rogue One, like the call sign, Rogue One has been retired. So you've got Rogue Leader and then Rogue Two, which is Luke Skywalker in uh, the Empire Strikes Back, I believe. Um, so they don't use Rogue One anymore. That was in the comics. Nice little touch. And it was the comics where Rogue Squadron really came about. It was in the Star Wars mainline at the, the, the Mako Tar space docks battle where Blue Rebellion got destroyed pretty much. Um, Rogue Squadron were there. So that's really it. So this, this is their first real return to canon. They also, they were big with uh, Michael Stackpole's novels and the Rogue Squadron games on PC, N64 and GameCube, uh, in the late nineties, early noughties as well. So Rogue Squadron's a, something which a lot of people like and i can see people getting a, would be disappointed if it is set in epi- between uh episodes four and six because would i be probably not no uh, it would be like oh, I, I, I might be because i want them to move away from that the mandalorian is still in that ot setting but it's after so i don't i don't bother me uh end and end or and or and Kenobes is set pre- before so they're kind of either side I would like something outside of the OT. Nothing against the OT. I love it. It's Star Wars. That is Star Wars to me. But 
I, I want something. I want something uh, new to come from this. And um, for me, what what this needs to do to get right is we don't know who's writing this. Patty Jenkins has said he, so a geezer, is writing this, but she wants this unknown male to have his own announcement. Right. So we don't know who the writer we is. We don't know who it is. Yeah. So it could be someone pretty spot. A lot of people have said Aaron Sorkin. I'm not sure where the rumours have come from. I'd be up for that because he's one hell of a writer. He's one hell of a writer. Um, but what they need to do for me is they have got to nail the casting. Right. If this, this is going to be an ensemble of pilots. They've said that. A new gang of pilots. Yeah. They've got to nail the casting. They've got to give us a gang, a, a group that we we love You know, within the first hour hour and a half of this film and then we leave the cinema and we're like do you know what i i can't wait to see more of these guys i want to know what they do next they have to nail the casting because if they don't get that right then the story could be great and it's not going it. to work then, then exactly we, we riot <laughs> yeah exactly we, we delete it like we did squadrons top gun everyone who remembers goose and maverick are we gonna have a new go- everybody knows goose and maverick are we gonna get another situation like that so I that for me, I don't know what the story is about. Obviously, we've just mentioned what we think it's going to be about, depending on where it's going to be in the timeline. Um, but they've got to nail the casting. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be casting. But I imagine, it, I, I reckon it'll be more like the Squadrons team, though, where we have a pretty diverse lineup, including a couple of like, aliens in there. But do you reckon we're going to get some aliens front and centre? Because we don't usually get those. I hope so. Leading roles. I I hope so, and I think that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that is definitely something that has been slightly missing from Star Wars a little bit in the last, in, in yeah, in the last few years, really. I suppose in the Disney era, uh, I suppose Mandalorian has made more strides with that, um, especially with Cool, you know, oh. season one. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like that. I know there was a lot of um, an, ambition for for aliens in Rogue One, but you know it gets expensive and it's not always practical. And as we know from our matey, um, what's his name, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, <laughs> a lot of people can't be bothered to sit in a makeup chair for that long, right? And that's where credit to Dominic Pace, you know, he was he was able to sit down for a long time, be very patient, and that's why he got that gecko role in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's um, I hope so. I really, really do hope so. Original trilogy era stuff too, you know, stuff that just brings it all together. Yeah. Doesn't always have to be a new alien, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. Give us some of the ones we already know, and yeah, you're right. They could easily get some very good actors who aren't well known and put them in prosthetics and makeup. But do they? But do they want to lead off with names you've heard of? Well, Patty Jenkins. She's not going to get Gal Gadot, I imagine. But she, Chris Pine is someone they reckon she's going to get. Steve Trevor from Wonder Woman. Yeah, he's a decent actor, bit of a beefcake. You know, that's somebody who he may not be box office gold, but he's a recognisable face. People know what they're going to get. So it's whether they want to go for that kind of box office potential box office recognizability or the right people and just like stick them in makeup. It's going yeah. to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, so, uh, I mean, the last one I can think of is we've mentioned post tross. We've mentioned what we think is going to happen. If you were writing this film, mm. if they said, right, Luke, great hair, great job of Jeff down Canvey Island, Canvey Island, <laughs> Canary Wolf, even. Uh, yeah, I'll be same, speaking about Canvey the other day. We'll get to that later on. But um, 
what, what, if you could write this, what would your kind of uh, what would you want to happen in Rogue Squadron? Because a minute we know nothing. It, it's it, I'll be honest, it's a tough one, and it's not necessarily something I'd lead with. To be honest, if I were making a film, but if I was really pinned down to it, I'd really want to make it something that something that you you, you just feel really invested in the characters you care about the characters and if one of them goes it it really makes you feel you know i want to feel like i'm invested in this story and the characters the personalities above above all else and really i want to come away from the cinema thinking yes you know i can be a pilot I can win. I can be a good person. You know, I can defeat evil. You know, that's what I want to, and that's what I think a Star Wars film should do. Um, yeah, that's what I think, Mayboy. What about you, man? I'm, I'm a flyer. That's what I want to be. <laughs> I'm, uh, a, I'm not a pilot. I'm a flyer. I'm a flyer. What? Yeah, I got kicked out of the Imperials for having a mind of my own. Um, um uh, yeah. Han, um, Wink. Who your your people? I don't have any. Hmm. Han Lona. That wouldn't have gone down so well, would it? But um, little little slow wink at the audience. Drum roll. Do you see where this is going? (laughs) Yeah. Please don't say it. Oh, he said it. Um, For me, I uh, okay. That's not the most popular opinion of uh, for for a lot of fans, but they need to split flesh out the, the sequel era trilogy. Why do they need to? Well, because they've got three films and they spend a lot of money on it and there's a lot of people out there who love them. And I think they need to start expanding that era. I don't I don't want them to just have those three films and the resist and resistance and that's it. That is their the sequel that's their coverage. I want more, so um Dream Story would be yes, set after Tross mopping up, but otherwise have it set during the sequel trilogy. Have them out there. Uh, and then have them at the Battle of Exegol or something. Have, so let's see the Battle of Exegol from another standpoint. It's not, it, it, to me, it may help Tross along as well, it may help story limits in that. But I don't mind if it's in the OT, I can handle that. But we already know what happens. We know what's, we know what happens. I guess we would do it Exegol as well, but we know what's going to happen if it's set between four or, and six at any point during that. If you set it post Jedi, You've got 30 years almost to play with. You can do whatever you want. And you can have as many cool missions as you want. Post-Tross, again, you know, the floodgates are open. You can do what you want. I want this. I just want, I would rather it be a story where there's as little restraint as possible or as little shackles as possible. I don't think we're going to no get shackles. that. I do think no, no shackles. No we story don't want any, shackles. Mate. We don't want no story shackles here, mate. I do think they're going to play it safe, though, buddy, um, I don't, which isn't unfortunate. But on, my, on the other hand... It is because you know I like it when Star Wars goes a bit wild, but um, and I tell you what, I don't mate, think they will uh, do. Uh, Star Wars film in the cinema, dude, bro, it's coming. On. It's coming one day, man. Come on. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the bounty hunter for The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. And or Rogue Squadron, beer, cocktails. We've just parked up outside the Bantina, so let's go and have a couple more, shall we? Oh, yeah, do it. Yeah, if you're new to the show or old, each week in the Bantina, we sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. This week, it is just about 
Rogue Squadron. So we wanted to hear, you know, what did you think about Rogue Squadron? And as usual, we got a uh, we got a wonderful array of uh, responses. Yes, we did, Matty Boy. And to start us off with those spicy responses is the legend, the one and only Norhow. Let's hear it. <laughs> Hello there, this is Nurhal, and yes, Rogue Squadron, the movie, I'm really excited about it. I think uh, we all know that Patty Jenkins, she's a phenomenal director, so I'm really looking forward to see what she's going to bring to the to the big screen. Uh, also, the characters, the story, are we going to see any familiar faces? Uh, what are going to be the new characters? I'm really excited, really hyped. Can't wait to watch this movie on screen when it's released. So, yeah, I'm game. There we go. Nor how is game. You heard it here first. Uh, there's a lot of excitement in the air for this film, my boy. And, uh, yeah, Nor definitely isn't on her own there. Thank you for sending that in. In the air. Nice pun. I, I handle the puns round here, mate. In the sky. Uh, yeah, Nor, Nor loves it. I love Nor. She's always so passionate about Star Wars. So thank you so much, Nor How, for kicking us off. Uh, in terms of the written responses, let's see what we've got. William J. Wright said, It's Top Gun with X-Wings. What's not to like? Our buddy Jez, the running stormtrooper, said, I feel the need. The need for light speed. Yeah, oh. you do. Yeah, and Martin Mead, the Meadalorian. Local boy, huh? He said... I personally hope it's set in the era of Rebels versus Empire, the early years of the Empire's galactic supremacy, space battles, dog tales, missions, explosions galore with a punchy weighty story and a dash of emotion thrown in for good measure. An exciting prospect if it is executed properly. Oh, yes. That's it. And they'll be sold, and I'll be sold, but hey, this is Star Wars, Martin says. Either way, putting expectations aside, I'm already in. All fighters report in. Fire up those engines and hit the hyperdrive. Let's go. Nice one, guys. Me, DeLorean, you're a naughty boy. We love you. Uh, up next, Irwan, a.k.a. Burnt from Austria, says this. As somebody who grew up with the original trilogy, I'd like the story to happen either between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, like yourself, Matty Boy. Uh, the founding of Rogue Squadron or between Empire Strikes Back or Return and Return of the Jedi after Luke has gone AWOL or changed his flight suit to Jedi garment, um, or even post-Endor mopping up the Imperial remnants. Lots of wiggle room in these time frames. No sequel timeline, please. <gasps> Burn, how dare you? Well, how dare you? He's a naughty boy, though. You're a naughty boy. You're a naughty little Austrian, but we love you. Um, keep sending your thoughts in, your legend. Uh, Luke Summerfield. The Welsh King says this, I do worry about this film, especially after what Patty did with Wonder Woman 84. I mean, how many times can we jump in an X-Wing and blow something up? Hashtag Palpatine would love some more fresh takes. <sighs> Two very different opinions there, but we love it here on the sessions, don't we, Matty Boy? We do. Look, I want more fresh takes as well. And Disney so far haven't really given us that with the... And when they did, it was called The Last Jedi, and people didn't like it. So uh, they went back to the well with Tross, and now hopefully we can get some fresh takes. And Rogue Squadron, I think, can do that. It doesn't all have to be... In, the fact that we just get a Star Pilot film is a fresh take to me, I think. But let's see. Lukey boy, you're not yeah. wrong, mate. Airwayne, 
I love hearing what you say, and I love hearing these different takes. So we do have one more. It's from a uh, well. We'll let we'll let this dude called Jake Kill. We'll let him explain his association with the show. Hi guys, this is Jake from Poor Dameron on Instagram. I'm a new listener of the show, but I have to say I'm loving what I'm hearing so far. In regards to Rogue Squadron, my biggest question really is when the film's going to be set. I'm personally hoping that it's going to be a post-Rise of Skywalker story, because as much as I love things like The Mandalorian, sometimes the impending events of the sequel trilogy uh, does seem to hang over it in the background when you've got events such as uh, the massacre at Luke's Jedi Temple always being on the horizon. Moving forward past the sequel trilogy, I think would just give the film so much more freedom, and we could even see some of those sequel trilogy characters return. Uh, the other question on my mind is, will it be a standalone film, or have they got some sort of trilogy planned? After the underwhelmed performance of Solo, it would seem that Disney abandoned the prospect of the standalone films, but maybe this could be a return to that. Either way, I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Jake, your legend, new to the show, he's been checking us out, and uh, we're glad you are. Thank you very much, mate, for checking us out, for enjoying it, and for uh, contributing to the show. Uh, so we've got a sequel tr- post-Tross entry there. We've had a couple of people now coming in saying, let's have some uh, OT-era action. So it's a mixed bag. Sessions, we love that. We love having the debate about where this thing is going to land. Will it be standalone? Look, if this thing if this thing pulls in big money, it ain't going to be a standalone film, is it? Well, uh, the end of the day, Matty boy, uh, Palpatine loves a good Star Wars debate session. He certainly does. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for sending in your comments and voice messages. For those that we didn't get to, uh, we will endeavour to get you on a future uh, edition of the band, Tina. But if you want to see what they wrote, check out our socials because we got some wonderful responses as ever. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. <laughs> That's right. It is the spiciest part of the show is the Patreon questions. And we got some spicy questions from our patrons this week. And to start us off, it is our boy, the king, the lad, the cheeky man. Alex Jessup to kick things off with a voice message. Let's hear it. Hello to everybody on the Star Wars sessions. Hope everybody's doing okay. We're almost there, almost out of the lockdown madness. It's springtime, the sun is shining, and we have Ewok movies on Disney+. Plus. Life is good. Anyway, without further ado, my April Patreon question is this. Who do you think had the comfiest chair on the Jedi Council? Sub-question, how do you think that compared to Palpatine's throne chair? Really can't wait to hear your answer on this, boys. Can't wait to hear what everybody else thinks on this one. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And remember, Palpatine loves the King of Wales. Take care of yourselves, everyone. Keep it real. (laughs) 
Oh yes, Alex boy, we love it, Matty boy. Uh, I, to be honest, I thought oh, um, big boy Alex was going to bring some serious heat, but no, he's brought even more than serious. It may just be the perfect question, May boy. What are you saying? Who's got the comfiest chair, mate? Well, he led off with the Ewoks. Was like, right, where are we going with this? Then he drops right. that bomb. Right. For me, in the in the council, uh, the classic council, I reckon Key Addy Mundy had the comfiest chair because. I reckon it. I think well, he comes across as the biggest diva that there is on the council. Ooh, Count Dooku was a Jedi. He wouldn't do anything naughty as he tries to blow up Padme. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? What about it? Sort it out yourself. Stop passing off to everybody else. Plus, he's got extra weight from his massive loaf as well. So, I think Key Addy Mundy had the comfiest chair because he's the kind of person who'd sit down and like, oh, this isn't comfy enough for me. Um, he has the comfiest one, but Pouts. Palps is a pleasure fiend. You know that he's got the best Naboo silk and filling in, in that cushion. And that, I reckon that's why he had a bit of a hunch when he walked, because he spent so much time sitting in that luxury pew that he'd lost the ability to carry his own body weight because he's just sunk into his throne. So um, I think Kiadi Mundi had the comfiest chair, but I don't think anyone on that council had a, um, had a cushier chair than Papa Palps. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm throwing the ball back to you, dude. Right. I'll, I'll level with you. I was going to say Kiadi Mundi as well. <laughs> See? Um, because, and I, I, I'm not just making this up, I swear I was going to say him. Because, you know, only someone who is truly comfortable on their seat can so casually just, you know, slip in. What about the short attack on the Wookiees? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone who is stressed and has a bad seat at work doesn't ask those kinds of questions but i'll do you know what i'll raise you and i i've got another theory right and this was my second place yaddle yaddle phantom ennis right why is she not in attack of the clones and revenge of the sith matt Mm -hmm. why everyone was jealous of her seat (laughs) she's got a drink over her head massive (laughs) big time big drink and then she's Monday only took her seat. <laughs> she's only little as well. She probably drowned in lager. Oh, red stripe. Yeah. Red stripe uh. all over my face. Yeah. There we go. Okay, Andy Monday needs to get it. The Jedi wouldn't do that. We're far too well-intentioned, as he yeah. says, whilst he's pouring that voddy over her head. Yeah. Yeah. Voddy in the club. Um, so that's it. It's got to be Yaddle. And is it cosier than Palpatine's? Probably. Ooh. Probably. I mean, when you look at Palpatine's chairs, none of them look super cosy, do they? The one on Exegol was just pure stone, but then again, he was hanging from a what a crane for about twenty yeah, years, so from a Meccano, Meccano set. Somehow um, he returned and thought the best thing for me to do is hang, literally hang for twenty yeah. years. Oh, oh, yeah. see what Matty Boy did there. All right, long have I waited to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what the whole Rise of Skywalker is about. <laughs> Rise and get me off of this, yeah? The descent of Palpatine. <laughs> get me off this flipping Meccano set. Get me a seat. Uh, his, I tell you what, his seat in his office on Coruscant looked cosy. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So if, it were, if we're talking about the Coruscant uh, seat, then, well, that's not really a throne, is it? So I suppose after, yeah, no, I'm going to say no. Forget it. Yaddle all the way. Oh. So we're, uh, we're flip-flopping here. So I reckon, yes, Luke says no. Most important thing is, Alex, what do you think? Listeners, what do you think? Who had the comfiest chair on the council? How did that compare to Papa Palps' 
throne. Alex, the man who puts the king in Woking, has come sw- come out swinging again. Let's see what we've got next. Can it compete? Of course it can. It's local boy, huh? George Constantino. He said, hi, guys. Very excited about the Kenobi casting. Uh, we, if he, For the last week as well, we went on to stat Jamie Stangrooms to Geek End, spoke about that in full, so go check that out. Uh, very excited about the Kenobi casting. O'Shea Jackson and Sung Kang, specifically. Uh, George says, I've heard a few people in the Star Wars fandom say that Kang, starring in the Fast and Furious movies, connects him to his racer character a lot. Thus, he would most likely play a pod racer on Tatooine. Do you think this would be a good character choice? And would it delight fans to connect him to that area of Star Wars, having not seen pod racing in over 20 years? Cheers, dudes. Big up yourselves. Luke, uh, you know, you're a Fast and Furious fan. Sun Kang, specifically his character, there's rumours abound that he may play a pod racer. What do you think about that, mate? Um, I think that is absolutely awesome. <laughs> Would it be a bit on the nose? Because the thing is, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift is probably the best one. Don't you at love it, me. don't you? Don't at me. Um, I like the first one too, but it does get a bit crazy. I mean, you've got cars chasing after a nuclear submarine. Uh, the films, next film, Vin Diesel just turns into a car. Basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, I would love to see the racing connection, but it may be a bit too on the nose. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see it though, because they, they did it in the Mandalorian, Matty boy. You know, we've got a pod racer engine yeah. in, uh, what was it? Chapter nine. Oh uh, yeah. The old, uh, Corn and the Cobb was sitting on it. Corn and the Cobb was loving it. Apart from the sound effects, they were just, they're going like hundred miles an hour and he's like, yeah, so um, do you want to know my backstory? And the hair wasn't moving, was the it? The hair was like moving slightly. It was like someone got one of those, you know those fans that spray water that you use like when you're on the underground when it's That's really it. hot or All something? All those pound like, shop shoppies. Yeah, yes. it was like someone was just, they were like, look, mate, look, so we, the flipping big fan ain't working, so we're going to have to settle with a couple of these from Pound Stretcher. That's it. <laughs> shove them against your face. <laughs> Yeah, you literally have to like, have it knocking your nose and it's I, get anything out of it. I can't get over that scene because The Mandalorian, for the most part, is a flawless production and it looks it. But, oh my days, that scene just doesn't look great. Yeah, it really does. Every time I see Luke, he always says, here you are, before we go, remember that scene in episode nine, yeah. chapter nine? Really I, nice I say it. I say it when I hug you. He if said I, it. He said, he said it to the old, the old dear behind the counter at Greg's the other day. And she yeah, was I went, like, can you believe that scene? She was like, "What, Greg's? Please take your sausage roll. Stop coming in and asking me this question." Yeah, and I was like, "Look, just imagine this steak bake is in the wind, going at a hundred miles an hour. Do you really think it's not going to flake?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, How about oh, that I one, Doris? I want that. What, what are you talking about, Margaret? Give me an answer. No, there we go. Um, that actually happened. That actually happened. Uh, we have evidence. Um, yeah, no, I'd love to see it. What, what do you reckon, mate, boy? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you saying that it would be, you know, would it be typecasting? Mm. It, mm-hmm. it, and that's for Kang. It, it depends whether he'd want to typecast himself. But look, they're on Tatooine, so if pod racers are going to show up, it would it would be there, wouldn't it? I mean, Qui-Gon said that they did pod racing on Malastare as well. And we and they also did it on Cantonica down by Canto Biteway. So um, no, let's go to Canto Bite. I'll come along. So um, would fans be delighted? But I think fans would be happy to see it. Or I think they would be. What would be quite sweet, uh, cool, would be that if Sun Kang's character was a pod racer. So we can. So we just. He was a. He was a pod racer. So you know, not anymore. But I believe Anakin was the only human pod racer 
Um, they can again, they can always change that. But I'm sure that little Annie was the only one because you know he had special powers. He had he could tap into the force. Nobody else knew that. But so I believe he's the only human podcast uh, podcaster, <laughs> only human pod racer out there. So that's a good point. Yeah, and to make him for him to be able to pod race properly, probably would have that to have been a force sensitive. And I yeah, can't I mean, see him. That and do you know what, mate boy? That is a solid point, and I think you've yeah. just pretty much. Sorry, Georgie boy. Yeah, but I mean, look, no. Han was a Han was a flyer. I don't think he could no. have pod raced. Harrison Dula, great pilot. I don't know Poe Dameron. Could he pod? Poe po probably could actually, but I don't see many get many pilots been able to pod race. So you know, if he was great, or if he worked in and around pod racing, that would be that would be like a nice little cheeky wink and a nod to the audience who like those films. Like if if he was like, yeah, I. I know my way around a pod racer engine or something like that. It'd be a nice little thing. Will it be explicit? I don't think so. Would it be fun? Yeah. But I, I can't see it happening um, as a totally explicit thing. But again, what do you guys think? O'Shea Jackson, I mentioned that on the, the Geek End stream. Uh, I think O'Shea Jackson's great. I can't wait to see him. Mm. I think it's a great eclectic lineup of talent. Some big names, some surprises. Hello, Kumail. And some unknown people who I'm looking forward to see as well. But Definitely. yeah, Sun Kang, mate, it's, uh, it's exciting, isn't it? Definitely, it's very exciting, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to Kenobi and the the cast announcement. Yeah, you know, it's got me even more excited. It does the whole lineup does, Matty boy, look just so good, so good. Yes. Do you know what else gets me excited, mate? Go on, mate. Shane Daly, big time, big time. Basically, should should we just? Give them a little outline of what happened. You know, yeah, little, you might, well, you might want to give that some context, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Uh, no, just randomly. Yeah, do you know we love Shane Daly? Uh, basically, on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions, we do cheeky giveaways. And mo- more recently, uh, we gave away the uh, Darksaber from the Mandalorian, the Hasbro Darksaber. And Shane Daly won, didn't he, mate, boy? He did. We uh, pulled his name out of the old digital hat. And as is the norm for giveaways, I was going to head off down the old post office, put it in the post and let them deal with it. But um, well, let's uh, we, we've got a little story to tell about that. We, I didn't. Here's a spoiler. I didn't post the Darksaber to Shane, did I, mate? Instead, we went one step further. We had a we had a cheeky meet up, didn't we? Have a and listen to w- this. And it was mental. Yeah, have a listen. <laughs> hello there we are out and about aren't we mate boy we're in basildon we've had our gregs we've had our gregs we've had a filthy gregs and it's a special day because um we've met someone haven't we mate we've met a special person yeah we've met a very special fella we've done we just recently had our dark saber giveaway our patreon giveaway uh the mandalorian dark saber as you know is won by shane daly who couldn't be here today to pick it up but hold on who's that coming over the hill is it a monster it's shane daly you've given me out of a big intro there boys <laughs> yeah i appreciate it love coming down to baz vegas Naughty man. yeah so we were shane won the prize and shane lives in the county just above us right we live in essex the beautiful essex you are slightly north to us in in suffolk the less beautiful suffolk yes. <laughs> yeah no it's gorgeous suffolk i love that it's nice yeah yeah it's all good yeah, yeah. that's it and, and shane was like look lads don't don't post it drive down 
I'll drive down and I'll, I'll come pick it up. And so that's what's happened. What Shane doesn't know is I bought a whole pack of uh, brown paper and the biggest, the biggest wad of bubble wrap to send it. And then I get the message, but I'd, I'd much rather have met Shane and sent it in the post. And, and what have you written on the package? It says Big Boy Daily. <laughs> boy spelt B O I, as in Ainsley <laughs> Harriet, Big Boy. That's it. He's a gangster, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And out of spite, he's actually wrapped up a uh, French baguette in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 As an extra. Yeah, as an extra. As yeah, an extra. Yeah. And so um, you waited for us in the car park where we said, go meet me, sir. And you were, you, there was something wrong with your glasses, weren't there? And then you heard a noise in the distance yeah I had uh, Luke steam around the corner even with my glasses off because my little I managed to break my glasses I saw a bouffant hair in the distance <laughs> yeah. um, and thought what is that coming around the corner it's Lukey boy yeah yeah who's that really, who's that Muppet really weird because I recognised his voice before I recognised him that's what I said and then we went look it's lovely to meet you. Then Matt joined us a little later. He came in his Tokyo Drift. That's it. Steam around the corner. He steamed around the corner, Tokyo <laughs> Drift. And we said a La La Land soundtrack. Oh, on, did you, on, mate? On high volume, like a man. Rock and roll. It yeah, is, man. mate. He's a gangster, isn't he? I love him. <laughs> right, and then, and then we were like, look, should we, should we do the inevitable? Should we go to, I think I described it as the Jerusalem of pastry <laughs> the, the, the place for pastries, it it's the, it's Greg's we went to Greg's we went didn't we? Pastry pilgrimage again weekly one, it's almost weekly now, it's bi-weekly at least, and um, I've had my chicken bake at midday, it's lunchtime for once mm. and our last time was enchiladas at 10.30 and um, oh Shane, Shane's, <laughs> been, Shane's been necking about a couple of sausage rolls and a couple of pizza slices Oh, at, l- at least, yeah, 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 minimum, yeah, standard. Four sausage rolls, two chicken bakes, <laughs> and a bacon day. roll. Now, can we have it for the uh, record that I'm drinking? He's he's been a good boy. You've been a good boy, haven't you? You went. No, I'll go to Greg's, but I'm being a good boy. I'm on a diet. Whereas Matt and I, vegetable I have a steak slice in my pocket. I've not even eaten it yet. But it's a bit chilly. It's a, it is a bit chilly. But mate, what are you going to do with the dart saber? So what I'm not going to do is let my Litlin at it because uh, he's managed to get hold of all my Star Wars stuff and ruin it. So that is going to go in my man corner. Ooh. I haven't got a man cave anymore. I've been reduced to a corner, uh, and that is going to go on my desk. Which oh. lovely, mate. Yeah. Lovely. yeah, send us a picture. And obviously, thank you to you too, and appreciate the uh, appreciate the community and appreciate the free stuff. Oh, <laughs> really yeah. appreciate it. And it's a little bit of sessions in your in your man corner. So yeah. uh, we'll always be um, there for you, mate. Yeah, in your window there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bad like that, but now you yeah. say that, yeah. yeah. We love it. Times, <laughs> we love it. It's great to see you, mate. It's great to meet. It's great to meet. This is the first guy we've met because of COVID. Because there's of a lot of yeah. people in our region who are just down the road, but we've never been able to meet up with them. Like yeah. I've been on a walk in South Enfield. Johnny's been like a few meters away from me, and I've only I've only found out like later on in the day. I'm like, oh yeah, you were down there too. But it's lovely to meet, mate. Style sessions live. You're going to come to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And also looking, yeah, looking forward to meet up and meeting all the people on the Discord as well. Well, should be really Can't good. A couple of birrios yeah. oh, and uh, yeah, cheek, cheeky birrios, and it's and it's going to be so good. Oh, good. execution. Oh, let me have a drink of my mocha. <laughs> we'll have Greg's to cater us. We'll have steak bakes lines. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Butter> <laughs> sandwiches everywhere. Zero we calorie yeah. caffeinated drinks as well. The dream. That's the it. dream. All right, guys. We'll um we'll we'll call it there. But it's lovely meeting you, Shane. You're 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 a cheeky lad. Lovely to meet you, boys too. Thank you. What <laughs> lad? Yeah. Dolu. I did actually when I saw him. I went Dolu. So um, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, what?" So yeah, um, no. 
Yeah, it was this creep. Uh, it was good fun, though, wasn't it, mate? It was good oh, fun. It was and it goes to show what bants uh, happens on the Patreon. Yep, the power of the Patreon and the power of our wonderful patrons and listeners in general. So, you know, as, as Lukey Boy said, Shane didn't want us to send it. Shane, Shane's back and forward in Essex anyway. He loves it down there. So he said, look, I'm going to be in the area. I'll be happy to meet up and take it. And I thought, well, I just bought brown paper and bubble wrap. Thanks. But I'd much rather meet this absolute beefcake. Uh, we had a good time, and you know, it's we're we're coming out of you know we're coming out of a lockdown era kind of now. So we hope this kind of thing becomes the norm more often, just in terms of meeting people, because that's it, it, it was lovely. And you know, whether we spoke about Star Wars or not, Shane was a top bloke. So um, yeah, thanks, mate, for coming along and uh, being a top man. No, definitely, mate. Can can agree more with that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to meet more of you guys who listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. Boom! Yes, that's right. It is that part of the show, the spiciest, or the second spiciest part of the show, where we end it with a game. Every week we take turns, and it is my turn to host it this week. Matty Boy, are you ready for the Star Wars Sessions game? Are you ready? Yes. Oh, there we go. Uh, this one is testing your knowledge, Matty Boy, uh, specifically on solo a star wars story but it's not just a quiz or anything like that it's very specific so let's roll the music and i'm gonna give you a your challenge matty boy do you remember the intro to solo a star wars story uh vaguely vaguely i asked you that because what happened, mate? It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then, basically, we got a bit more of a crawl. So we didn't have a crawl, but we got more blue text. Doesn't make much sense. Should have just done a crawl. Oh, well. Matty boy, do you remember what that text says? Oh, it said something like Ron Howard really had to come up. Oh, um... It said, um, it's a lawless time. I'm sure it's a disaster. There we go. Right. So that is your first line. Bing, bang, bong. It's in the computer and it's a big green tick. It is a lawless time. That's right. Do you remember what else it Um, goes on to say? And I can give you a few clues. I can give you three clues. I can confirm I don't have the crawl in front of me, as you'll guess in a minute when I flail through this. Um, It's a lawless time. It's something about... It's something about the empire, uh, like taking over and like ruling, tough or something like that. Surely, it the empire is ruling and it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it is a lawless time. Okay, it? I'll give you. Oh, I know what it is. Re- yeah, resources, resources. Oh, resources right. are scarce, including that um, uh, Chromatica. That, that's Lady Gaga's album. Um, that stuff, <laughs> Co- Coaxium. Coaxium um, and fuel. 
Ah, right. Okay. So now we're getting somewhere. It doesn't mention coaxium. No, it does uh, mention fuel. In fact, I'll, I'll help you with this. And this doesn't really count as a clue. Uh, hyperfuel. So it mentions resources and hyperfuel. Are there any other things you can remember about that second part? Uh, you can tell I haven't got the thing up. Um, no, no, no. It's, re- um, it's. I'll tell you what. It's all. It's quite impressive, to be honest. It's better than. Uh, what it's I'd a do. lawless time. These things are scarce. Hyperfuel. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, there's I, something I, about something about some geezer dreams of being in the stars. Um, I think that's right on the end of the call, actually. Like, but somebody dreams about flying amongst the stars or something like that. That's true. That's right at the end. That's very, very again, once again, mate, very good. Because a lot of this I'm having to to check, excuse me. Uh, right, okay. So let me give you a clue. It says crime syndicates. Oh, crime syndicates have, um, uh, have risen up, um, have taken over. So it says, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It says, crime syndicates compete for resources, food, medicine, and hyper fuel. Hyper fuel, that's right. There we go. Because we have Lady Proxima. Where's my coaxium? Where is my tablet? Um, Do you remember what the next bit says? You've already mentioned a part of it, and Um, you've mentioned Lady Proxima as well. Yeah, um, Proxima or Queen. Um, so uh, the, the crime crime syndicates want this, this, and this. Uh, Lady Proxima. Uh, no, I can't remember. It's got to be something about people. Somebody one yearns for the stars, or one yearns for freedom, and to be among the stars. It's a bit before that. I can't remember. It's hard, mate. It's hard. It goes on the shipbuilding planet of Corellia. The foul lady Proxima forces runaways into a life of crime in exchange for shelter and protection. Yep. So there's that is the uh, second section, and then it comes up with another bit of blue text. And uh, do you remember what that bit says? I, I, I have a feeling you kind of remember half of it anyway. But yeah, um, let, do, do you know what the final bit of blue text says? It is going to say. So we've got. We've mentioned uh, Naughty Girl Proxima. We've mentioned that one. Naughty Girl to... Proxima. I think we should get that printed on a T-shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, yearns to fly among the scars um, on the in the in the valleys or something in the streets. Um, someone wants to break free or, or something along those lines, isn't it? He wants to he wants to fight for his freedom. Um, and yearns to be among the stars or something something like that do you know what i think we should do a hashtag make lady proxima a star wars story happen <laughs> no lady proxima the naughty girl a yeah. star wars story i'm being serious we should make that a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> bowl it around celebration <laughs> yeah um yeah if anybody so, wants one let us know we'll sort you've, it out you, do you know what mate you've kind of got that one it says on these mean streets on these Cliche. mean streets uh, a young man fights for survival but means to fly among the stars that wasn't that far off and he's a flyer you know what I mean he's a pilot yeah, he's a flyer he is handed out listen mate do you want to do you want to know a cheeky kebab shop up there on the left here's a flyer do you know what I mean he's one of them yeah exactly 
Yes, I've got fire. kicked out, out of the Empire for having a mind of my own. Yeah. Um, and um, also the white worms on Corellia. Um, Han, um... <laughs> I can't get over that. Wink. Solo! Honestly, look, I love a bit of... Look, I, I put Solo as at the bottom of my, so, my Star Wars ranking simply because you take it out of canon, nothing changes. It's a good, it's a good fun film, but it doesn't impact anything. But it's I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. In fact, you know what? I may actually watch it tonight. I generally might do because of this conversation. But I might. Do you know what? I might watch it. Like, that, not, I that, don't know about that moment. I don't, think, I don't think Mrs. would appreciate that. Oh, no, I'm watching she'd Solo. She'd love it. It's just that moment. As soon as he said, who's your people? I don't have any. Han, and he saw his eyes go and he go, he's literally like, hmm. I'm like, don't he say Solo. Of, don't you know say that, it. You know that thing where someone like sticks their tongue like against their cheek? Like, um, yeah. Mm, it is like that. Um, he crosses his arms. He's like hunches his shoulders. Oh, mm-hmm. what could this be? Squints his eyes like, a bit. It's like, what do you think? It, like, pause. What do you think it is, kids? I know I'm going to keep going on about this. This like is Sesame the new street. Yeah. This is the new Palpatine in episode nine. <laughs> well, do you remember? Again, not old, to go on a tangent. The old new. The old new. Yeah, go on. Do you on. remember when um, Bobby Bliger, Bobby Iger said, Solo's going to be a great story. We finally get yes. to find out how Han Solo got his name. And people were like, no, please don't say it. And he, and he had to come out and he said, no, no, what I meant was his reputation, his name amongst, you know, the, the underworld. Turns out Bobby Iger, was, he wasn't spinning us a, a little yarn. He was telling us the truth. Oh, <laughs> and and we, everybody was saying, please don't say his name is Han Solo. And yeah. If, because so actually, there we go. If, somebody out, if, if anyone out there likes that decision, we are never going to judge. Let, I, we would love to know, Send in a know voice what it is about that yeah what it is about that which you, which you dig because we have a bit yeah. of fun with it but let us know what you know why does it work yeah why does it work yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. there we go nice way to end the show <laughs> yeah, a naughty girl yeah. Yeah. about threatening so our listeners send us send us something and t- change our minds come on yeah yeah, oh, yeah. no well um, I, I think I did quite well there I'm going to sip on my beer you have a sip on your beer. I didn't do too bad with the opening crawl to a film I haven't seen for a long time. The opening text, sorry, the opening text. Good, Anakin, good. <laughs> we should watch I your career now. with no interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, ch- I tried my hardest, so. Uh, nice one. That's it. That was an interesting one. That, well, that did shake things up. So next week I've got to come up with something just as testing, but I've got a week to oh, think no. about it. Um, I may even put out some feeders for a special game next week. But uh, yeah, Luke, thank you. Listeners, thank you. That was episode one, one, uh, 110. Man, before we know it, will be on 150. Wow. Um, but that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. And the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on social media. Just search for Star Wars Sessions and we will be there on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, the lot. And if you fancy sending us a cheeky voice note or even just a kind message, send it over to hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. It's the best email address out there. We're also on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Podcasts. Anywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, you'll find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podtracer.com 
It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. So if you have a few minutes, drop us a five-star review there and anywhere you get your pods. We have seen more coming in, so on Podchaser and other platforms. So thank you so much for that because it helps us out. We, we love it. It makes us feel great. But it gets more people listening and we get more and more engagement for more people each week. And that is why we're here, we're all fans. So thank you. Get those Apple podcast reviews in because, as they say... You love it, we love it, and the kids love it. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats. Go tell Han. Uh, uh, um, oh, I know. Uh, Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell your Ewok, <laughs> tell your cousin, the more the merrier the castle spicy are. Yeah, an Apple podcast review a day keeps the doctor away and all that. So yeah, tell Lady Proxima she's a she's a queen. Tell this is the Star Wars podcast that she's looking for. All the podcasts. Until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke, Luke, chatty penkins. <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes... Tell that to Kanja Club.